What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Crystal Renault on the line. How are you, Crystal? I'm great. How are you? I am doing wonderfully well. Um, give me some, some background. I know you're a Keto Quest coach, and I've kind of I was stalking you on Instagram prior to this this conversation and kind of get some background on you. And it looks like you've lost quite a bit of weight and you lift hard, you lift heavy, which I'm happy to see other people doing, especially yeah. with a ketogenic diet. So dive into your, your background. Give me some kind of your bio, kind of what got you into the keto space in its entirety. Well, I used to be an all-around athlete in high school. Um, and I grew up the typical childhood of you know, riding the bike everywhere you needed to go, spending my summers swimming with friends at the pool. I was always active. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the ice cream, the sugary treats, the pizza, those were all very normal uh, with my childhood growing up. But being so active, I didn't I didn't see any, you know, negative, negative sides to that. So I continued just being an athlete and eating that kind of diet. Uh, and I didn't see any effects until I was a little bit more of an adult. So when I was going through college full time, working three jobs, uh, just a lot of stress, a terrible environment. I wasn't taking care of my body, especially with nutrients. And I started seeing the weight gain as the, the first initial issue when I was about 19, 20 years old, um, which mm -hmm. I still think is pretty young for someone to start kind of gaining weight um, in the way that I was feeling. So uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it. You know, I just, Mentally didn't see myself the way that my body started kind of changing. I kind of just ignored it. Uh, just, you know, relying on my youth. I was, <laughs> didn't expect for it to go the way that it was going, but, um, it ended up being to the point where I just was very unhappy with myself physically around age 21, 22. You know, the drinking, the, the lack of sleep, going out with friends, the poor eating habits. I could really start physically feeling the changes. So, I decided to go back to kind of the training that I used to go through, whether it was like the, I was in gymnastics, I was in track and field, I played like a lot of street basketball. So I kind of wanted to start going back to the gym. Uh, as adults, that's kind of like the image, like, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym and work out and get fit. But unfortunately, without a coach through sports, I had no idea what to do. Uh, I was very intimidated by the gym. I have never put myself through a workout. So I was the person using YouTube and bodybuilding.com. I was looking for videos, anything to just get me started in the right direction because I had no help and support. So my, my training started with workout videos, you know, on my phone and just trying to piece together what it takes to at least lose some of the weight. Uh, and diet at this point, wasn't even a thought. I thought mm -hmm. that training was what kept people thin and healthy. Uh, so I went through a couple years of that where I did lose the first 10 pounds. Now, uh, like in high school, my weight was about 110. By the time that I was 21, 22, I've gotten up, the highest I saw the weight get up to was 147, which to me on a five foot four frame, that was more than enough to finally put my foot down and say, I, this is an issue. So I can stop it now or I'm mm -hmm. going to regard it later if I continue this path. So I was able to knock down the first 10 pounds and I was pretty proud of that. But 
you know, you can only kill yourself in the gym so much, whether it's the cardio and the training. So eventually I asked for a personal trainer to help me. So I did hire a personal trainer to work on form, make sure I was lifting properly. I do have a couple sports injuries. So lifting properly is really important with anything that I do. So uh, he worked with me on a lot of things. And he also mentioned diet a few times, but that wasn't a specialty. So I kind of just ignored it thinking if I keep training, if I keep lifting heavy, if I keep running on this treadmill, I'm going to lose all this weight. So I kind of was just maintaining my weight at that point. I was on the whole low fat, higher carb, high protein diet because I thought that's what was healthy. So I continued this diet for a few more years. And then at 25, my mother, who I was visiting in Ohio, is currently living in Chicago, but I'm from Ohio. She noticed a lot of changes. She noticed that I was exhausted all the time. I was taking naps every single day. Um, it, I, she noticed that my, my mood swing, very irritable, irritable. So she just, as a mother, she told me, like, I think something's wrong and that we need to go see a doctor. So I ended up in Chicago going to see a specialist who uh, just went through a whole lot of questions to kind of figure out how I felt and where I was, not just physically, but, you know, maybe with like hormone imbalances and things like that. So I ended up doing some blood work and he told me at 25 years old, my blood work was similar to a, you know, 56 year old woman already going through menopause. I looked physically healthy, but inside I was a disaster. So I, I, yeah, I left that doctor's appointment sobbing, thinking at 25 years old, why am I hearing this? What's going on? And he even told me that like my estrogen, everything was so off that if I wanted to have kids at that point, I couldn't because my body wasn't able to. Um, so I was as horrible it is to get that news. I was excited that he wanted to be really proactive with me. I didn't want to do anything with medication. Um, so the first way of attacking this was through, through food. And this is kind of like the beginning of me learning that everything that I knew about food was wrong. So he initially told me, get rid of the grains, start adding more leafy greens, specifically avocados, things like that. And I remember thinking it was crazy. Like, I'm Asian. What do you mean no rice? That is a part of my culture. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, you're telling me not to breathe. And he's like, I promise you it's okay. Just, just get rid of it. So, <laughs> so I started implementing some of the changes that he asked me to do. And being young and kind of naive, I'm like, I'm not going to do all of it, but I'll make some of the changes. And I did notice my body starting to change and feeling a little healthier. The naps were reduced. My energy levels changed a little bit. So I noticed that diet was starting to really affect how I felt. So I decided to dig a little deeper from there. It kind of sparked my curiosity. And uh, you know, obviously years of, or two, a couple of years of killing myself in the gym that wasn't working. I wasn't getting the results I wanted. So let's, let's run with diet. Let's see how diet affects me. So I ended up getting in touch with a diet, dietitian prep coach. One of my girlfriends did, did bikini competitions with him, but also recommended him for diet. So, um, I went to him and he, we did a just a, a quick consultation in person, and he even said to me, like, you've, you've built the, the figure. If you want to do bikini competitions, you're already almost there. We just got to get the diet down. So I was excited, like, okay, 
this is like my road to being fit and healthy is go working with this guy and looking like these women on stage, these beautiful figures, their detail, their physiques. That's what I want to look like. Cause to me, I thought that was healthy. Mm-hmm. So I started working with him for a few months and at some point he's like, I want to put you on the keto diet. I have never heard of this. I've never researched it. I was kind of just a little soldier that, okay, whatever you say, I'll just do it. And going into it, I really wish, and this is something I preach, is that you need to know what you're doing or at least know why you're doing something. Don't just do it because someone tells you to. Uh, I ended up having one of the worst transitions with the keto flu. And again, I didn't even know what it was, but I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I was laying in bed in a city that I'm not from with no friends, no one to help me. Uh, I felt so awful. And thank God the people from work were willing to take me to the hospital if I needed to. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to tough this out. I don't know what's going on. So uh, that was definitely my horrible experience with keto was going into it and not knowing why and not having the support of a coach to properly help me through that transition. It was just like, here's your program. We're going to move forward. So I wasn't happy with that part of the experience. But once I started keto and becoming fully adapted, I noticed the weight started dropping. I was suffering from acne all over my face and my back. I've had that for years. All of that cleared up. Um, I at, Just from stress levels, my hair sometimes would fall out a little more than normal. And on keto, that stopped. I've noticed that, uh, that like symptoms like that had changed. Uh, my energy levels went up. My my gut, I stopped bloating. I stopped feeling constipated. Everything was like working really smoothly. So I started noticing all these positive changes on this diet. And when we started getting closer and closer to a couple months away from the show, he wanted to put me back on carbs. And I actually said no. I said, you know what? I feel so good. My body feels so good. Why would I come off of this? So I went from having the mentality of, I need to be in a prep show. I need to compete. I want to look like that to be healthy through being on this keto diet, finding, finding all these amazing benefits and then refusing to come off of it because why would I do something to work backwards and put myself in a position of not feeling as healthy? So I decided to just be an example of being on a healthy diet and incorporating exercise and living a, what I feel is to be a really healthy lifestyle. So that is that is my goal. And what I've come to today is wanting to just be an example for those that, you know, maybe they don't want to compete on stage. And I don't think that's everyone's goal. Uh, but to be able to live the keto lifestyle, get some exercise in uh, and and just be a human being without what the the stage has kind of brought to us, because that's where we only see fit people because, you know, obesity is very normal now. That's what I thought was healthy and it's not. And I want to portray what it's like to just use the tools, the diet and the exercise to be able to live a life and feel good about it. Yeah, I, I can totally get behind that. It's it's interesting. A lot of people, you know, they, they jump into keto because they're wanting to, to do some kind of short term fix, lose a couple pounds for an event. Um, but then they fall in love with it from a sustainability and a lifestyle standpoint. And then they're motivated to just stick with it, which is that's 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 the end goal, in my opinion. That's what you should strive for. Absolutely. And people ask me, that is one of the questions I get the most is, is it sustainable? And if if you feel healthy and you feel, if you've seen all these positive changes, why would you go back to the same habits that got you to the place you didn't want to be any longer? 
So when I say it's sustainable, I, I mean, I don't cut my calories. I don't weigh myself. Uh, you know, I don't have to measure my foods anymore since I have learned what proper portions are. Uh, and as, as you, as your hunger levels naturally drop on this diet, you don't even have to worry about calories and, and portion sizes anymore. Your body just knows what it wants. So it's very sustainable and being able to have a diet that doesn't stress me out has just added so much positivity to my life. 100%. Plus, I mean, you're eating quality, wholesome foods. Like if you're doing keto the right way, you're eating quality, wholesome foods, which takes so much of the guesswork out of it. Like if you're trying to do, you know, a flexible dieting or if it fits your macros approach and you're trying to make pop tarts seem like the right way to go. I mean, in the back of your mind, you know that that's not healthy. <laughs> Whereas with keto, you should be eating quality, wholesome foods and you know you're doing something good for yourself. Absolutely. And and I didn't come across a lot of that information until I kind of continued to dig deep into what I was going through and, you know, how to improve keto. And when I'm doing cardio, I hate, I hate doing cardio. <laughs> I hate the treadmill. But I'll pop up either like on Spotify or YouTube and I'll watch, you know, whether it's doctors, information on keto. I like to sit there and listen and kind of just continue my own education and see what I can find. And that's where I came across the grass fed, grass finished. Whether, you know, mm-hmm. it's, instead of pasture raised eggs. So the quality of food absolutely makes a difference. And I've really tried to, I don't want to say push that on my clients, but I try to educate them so that they can make the best decisions possible. And a lot of people ask me, how can, how can you afford that? I can't afford it. Well, I went from having three, four, five meals a day, protein shakes, snacks, and never feeling full, never feeling satiated. That's a lot of money. And now I'm going to one to two meals a day. I'm saving a lot of money. I'm also not going to the doctors anymore because yeah. I feel fantastic. So I continue to save money. It's like your own health insurance by buying products that are way higher in nutrients and better quality than these processed, bagged, and boxed foods. Absolutely. I, I hate it when people try and use the the price point argument for you know not jumping into ketogenic dieting because it's it's if you look at all the variables and all the all the things that you're having to spend money on throughout the course of a normal carbohydrate based diet, I, I would venture to say that you're spending a lot more than you think you are. And then, like you said, you're not having to spend the money on the doctor's visits and all the pills and prescriptions if you're you know giving your body the right food. And on top of that, I mean, you don't have to like a a poorly formulated ketogenic diet with subpar you know beef is still going to be better than you know an extravagant carbohydrate based diet. So even if you are less at an advantage with the you know the price point, you can still make it work and, and still reap the benefits. Absolutely, I I think that moving to grass fed, grass finished, wild caught, uh, you you do everything in steps. I'd worry about focusing on your percentages of the fats, proteins, and carbs, and then as things get rolling, start moving towards better quality foods. You can't have pork rinds for every meal and assume that yeah, that's exactly. healthy. And I've I've seen that where. You know, someone submits like, oh, I had pork rinds and pecans for lunch. I'm like, that's not exactly a meal. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. want to snack on something like that, that's fine. But you still have to worry about quality of nutrients on this diet. And that's really what it's about is just eating foods that we're meant to eat. And unfortunately, the, the food industry has just worried about a dollar with extending its shelf life and adding all of these these chemicals and things that we shouldn't be eating. And that's, I think, what is really hurting us. So kind of avoiding that as you continue to develop your ability of like maintaining keto, going in that direction is one of the greatest things. And that's what I credit to my, my lean physique is the fact that I don't 
eat any of those things. I, I buy organic, I buy grass fed and at only two meals a day. And one of those meals is eggs. It's pretty cheap when it, when it comes down to it. I think I'm saving way more money than again, the five meals and the protein shake. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't take into consideration the absorption of the food you're eating. I mean, if you're eating substandard foods and minimal quantity of that food is actually getting absorbed and used by the body, it's going to be a larger quantity of food. But if you're getting like the higher end, you know, truly quality in foods, you're, you're going to absorb a lot more of it. So your body's going to, it's going to be stretched a lot farther for what it's been able to do inside you internally. So it's from a price standpoint, it really, it really makes a lot more sense just to do it right. You know? Absolutely. You can, you can buy supplements, uh, but if, if everything's not paired correctly, like it is in nature, you're not going to absorb some of those nutrients. So you're kind of just throwing your money away. So I'm getting all of my mm -hmm. nutrients as intended from nature, the way that I should be getting it. And my body has never felt better. And I don't need a doctor to tell me what to do to feel good because it's like diet is a tool. It's not the only answer, but I feel like I found what has worked for me. And, and the fact that it, I feel so good, that's a doctor's opinion is not going to change. If maybe you should have carbs, things like that. Um, for example, my dad, I just went home and found out that he, was type two diabetic and they had him on insulin, high blood pressure. So I decided to put him on a keto, a keto diet. And within a few weeks, his blood pressure, I'm sorry, his uh, blood sugars fasted. He had, a, he had to have a surgery. That's why I went home. We're at 2:30, which the doctor was upset about, and then I was upset about. And by the three weeks mm -hmm. later, when I left, his blood sugars were back down in the 80s, and I was so proud of him. And then. He went to the doctors, and of course, the doctor was like, "I want you to put carbs back in your diet." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So, wow, it's, that's it's, it's I, unfortunate. I know. You know, if he has a piece of toast or something every once in a while, that's fine. They're very old school. They're, you know, they're not going to go to the internet and look for all the information like some. You know, I'm capable of doing. They barely know how to even turn on the computer. So, I try to give them <laughs> as much information as possible. So if he has a piece of toast, I'm fine with it. But I'm just happy that even with him being so uneducated about keto and willing to trust me a little bit and see those changes, it, it, you can see how it impacts somebody uh, just to take them not completely down the keto diet because he is having a little bit of carbs, but just to remove all those refined and processed foods, huge changes. Yeah, it really is night and day. I mean, I, I commend you for, you know, trying to get your dad to educate on keto and what it is. It's it's hard you know, when you're talking to like your parents, your grandparents, I've had to struggle with this. I can't tell you how many times like my parents, my, my dad specifically and, and my grandparents, like talking to an older school generation about what keto is and how to research it and why it's important. It's like, it, it just, it's very hard to get through to them. So I commend you for, for making some progress there. Yeah. I would have to say that with my parents, when I come home and visit, I will kind of raid their cabinets and throw out all the junk. And then just replace it. <laughs> and then like, yeah, this is much better to use. So this way it's like me encouraging it. I'm not going to really explain it. They're just like, oh, okay, we'll use it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but when it comes to just being keto, I personally don't know anyone that's true keto. So mm. I'm kind of like the oddball out all the time. I order last at the restaurant. So I don't really make a scene where everyone's watching me modify my order. So it's a, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it's completely worth it because my health is a priority. Absolutely. When you were uh, 25 and you were getting that blood work back, 
do you, I know you said you weren't paying much mind to what your nutrition was looking like then. You were focusing mostly on the training. Do you remember if you were, you know, really under eating, like trying to just avoid eating um, in excess at all and just training very hard? Like, so do you think your blood work being poor may have been a result of malnourishment? So I'm, I've never had a problem with under eating. I'm, I'm an eater, which is why keto works so well for me is because I do overeat. There's days I hit 4,000 calories. And I'm like, geez, that was kind of a lot. I probably should cut back. And then mm -hmm. on a low end for me, I'm hitting around 1,400 calories. And that's if I track. So overeating has always been my issue. But again, it's just overeating foods that were really processed, like the pancakes. Pancakes were always a big thing on leg day for me. I ate my pancakes before leg day. And then I went and trained lots of rice, lots of carbs, uh, and low quality proteins uh, that pretty much just didn't provide anything for me. So it was just a complete imbalance of nutrition. And uh, it completely threw my hormones out of whack. So for my doctor to step in and give me the complete opposite of what I was eating was a bit of a shock. But again, he was at least willing to work with me on diet because I did not want to be put on medicine for thyroid or anything else. And for him to want to work with me than against me was an absolute blessing. It's cool that both your, your coach and your doctor both advocated a lower carb approach. I mean, that's, that's, seems to not be so common out there these days. I, I would have to say that um, he did he did ask for me to eat yams. He's, he never included processed foods. He always wanted mm -hmm. me to go, it's more like a paleo style, I guess. Uh, he wanted me to eat yams for estrogen. So when he started telling me how foods affect my hormones and what kind of hormones, that's where I got intrigued. So that encouraged me to kind of go and do my own little research and start figuring out how diet does affect the body. Um, but I just, again, just being young, I was like, you know, maybe I can kind of get away with some of these things and then I'll listen to him on some other things. But the at trial and error, you've, you've got to be able to not be afraid of diet, not be afraid of food. And that took me a long time to realize is that it's okay to kind of experiment and see how your body responds. Um, and after years, again, even with keto, I'm still experimenting. What am I sensitive to? How do I feel? I, I keep the variables really low with my food. So um, just at least having a doctor and, and dietitian put me in that direction was just something that I never... I never experienced that it would come to where I am today with being able to work with people and preach what I love and have keto as my passion. Uh, it's, it's completely changed my world. Yeah. And plus, I mean, when you, when you find interest in it, you're, you're more likely to want to dive into the research and the science and, and the manipulations that you can, you know, make and change with whatever the variable may be. But as far as nutrition specifically is concerned, I mean, it, there's nothing cooler than to be able to look at your body as like an experiment and then be able to tweak these subtle things and notice a pretty significant change and then get excited about the next change. I mean, that, that to me is, is, is fun and enjoyable. So when you, when you kind of put the power back into your own hands, as far as what you're consuming and you're being able to, to quantify the, the benefits that you come, that come from it. I mean, that, that's, that's what life is all about, figuring out what works, what doesn't work and then adjusting accordingly. Absolutely. And it's, I think we've built a fear of, am I doing this wrong? And it's okay if you try and you fail. Failure is a part of success. And, 
you know, if you're at a starting point, obviously some of the decisions that you're making are failing you and it's time to make those changes and you're not going to know what's working for you until you try. And even, even to this day, I, th- I think I've gotten my diet down, but there are times when I go a little stricter and start removing certain things. And then if I eat something, I notice that my, maybe my gut doesn't feel as good or I am a little bloated or I'm a little tired. Okay. My body doesn't respond really well to that. I'll keep that in mind moving forward. And, and we shouldn't be fearful of, of food. Uh, I mean, we need it. It's something we need to survive. It's just figuring out the foods that we need to eat. And I think on the keto diet, like I said, being a binger, I have a binging habit. Um, being able to eat until I'm satisfied and having those suppressed hunger levels have really allowed me to listen to my body rather than always feeling hungry because I wasn't getting the nutrients and then feeling like I'm snacking constantly. So it's just given me a peace of mind and having that peace of mind has then pushed me into, okay, what can I do with food? How can I experiment with it? And it's really given me that freedom. I think keto, if I had to sum it up in one word, is freedom. I completely agree. I mean, I, I was kind of on the opposite of the spectrum. I would I would undereat. Well, I would overeat too. I would binge and I would like undereat, try and recoup from that. And I never really had a good idea of what true satiety was. And I, I was always just getting these skewed, the skewed feedback from embodied because I was eating just subpar nutrition. It wasn't even nutrition really, it was just, you know, crap. And then when I switched over to keto, I was able to really quantify what my body was was telling me. And then I kind of was just more in tune with what I actually needed and I wasn't getting those false readings anymore. So I had an idea of what enough was or what too little was. And then I could adjust accordingly. But you're absolutely right. Keto from a sustainability standpoint and from a just instinctive standpoint, you're able to read correctly the 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 feedback you're getting from your body and then make those adjustments and it just becomes much more, you know, sustainable and enjoyable. You don't have to take take the guesswork out of eating, basically. Absolutely. And I'm not, I don't, don't get me wrong, carbs to an extent are the enemy, but I don't think we need to remove them forever. I live with a bodybuilder who eats carbs and I see that it does work and he only eats carbs pre and post-workout. Everything else is very low in carbs. So he's learned what's worked for his body with including those carbohydrates uh, and he feels fine with it. And I think that if that works for you, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, but it's, he's not eating the bags and boxed foods other than maybe rice. That's his carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do see him on Sundays, like he does the binge eating of all the junk food. And I remember when I was going through the whole bodybuilder mentality, like Sundays are my cheat day. I'm going to eat all this junk food and just not ruin all my hard work, but it worked against me. It wasn't working for me. So I don't think that you have to remove carbs for the rest of your life, but once you can at least get to your goals, and start balancing out your hormones and healthy blood sugar levels and, and all that stuff, then you're more than welcome to enjoy the pretzel. Or if you want to have the donut, go ahead. I, I do that occasionally too. And I don't beat myself up over it. You get right back on the keto train and you keep pushing forward. Uh, you don't have to guilt trip yourself over it. Uh, and just, and then you keep seeing results because when you eat healthy and specifically me for keto, 98% of the time, you know, that one little tiny carbohydrate meal doesn't completely throw me off and it makes me feel okay because I used to guilt myself so bad doing those things. So it, again, it's just my attitude towards food has completely changed with how keto's allowed me to physically and mentally feel. 
Yeah, you definitely don't want to be a slave to food. Like when you start, you know, playing these mind games and guilt tripping over things, it just becomes a really negative feedback loop that spirals out of control. And then, then food is winning and you're kind of like at a loss as to how to recover. But for me, I mean, and, and others like, like yourself, I mean, having a ketogenic approach as your foundation makes it much, much easier to stay within reason on the nutrition for sure. Um, with you being a coach and interacting with all the clients that you do, what would you say, I mean, I know we're all individuals and we have bio-individuality, but what are some of the main pillars that you see people making mistakes on as it relates to keto and what are what is your advice to kind of mitigate against that? When it comes to my clients with keto, I do a very similar style of approach for bodybuilding where I have them do all the meal prepping. And mm -hmm. after a couple of weeks, I know they're, they've transitioned, they're feeling really good. I have them take over a day of their own meals so they can start making those choices and getting comfortable and they have to submit their meals to me. So if they're eating nothing but pepperonis and pork rinds all day, then we can make those corrections. So I think that one of the biggest things for me is their quality of food choices. That's number one. And then some, anything that's really minor would be something like not getting enough electrolytes and things like that. But everything's so controlled in the beginning because I want them to have the smoothest transition possible. And I think that's the biggest part that a lot of clients fear. That's, those are the questions that I get the most is, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to feel awful. And I keep hearing about this keto flu. Well, you combat that with a really well-planned and formulated diet where, you know, you're getting these high nutrients in. And, and your moderate activity to kind of get you through emptying your gas tank and into that burning mode. But quality of food is definitely something I think people have to work on the most just because sometimes convenience, especially if they have a busy lifestyle, is not the best food choices. And it's learning that taking that extra couple minutes to go get a healthier version of food is going to be more beneficial than just picking up a pepperoni bites or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's becoming easier and easier too with all the you know companies coming into the marketplace and, and putting in, they're, they're just slapping the word keto on the labeling. So it's, half the time, it's not even really a, a truly ketogenic food product. It's just the easy grab and go, you know, oftentimes carb-based product with keto on the label. And it's, it's unfortunate because people are not digging deeper into their nutrition. They're just grabbing what they see, you know, at the onset, something says keto, it must be keto. And they're not really putting any attention and focus on the quality of the ingredients themselves. Absolutely. And the, the big companies are getting really smart with their marketing strategies on what to put on the labels, like you said, but people aren't taking the time to actually turn over and look at that ingredient list. And that's going to tell you mm -hmm. what's in it. And there's, there's all these junk sugars and oils that I would never want to consume. And I understand that we want grab and goes and sometimes we do need that but what's really great about the keto diet is you can include intermittent fasting so you know what i can't make it to, to breakfast uh but you know what i'm gonna hold off a couple extra hours until i can get a real meal in and you know you're not going to sit there and be, and be starving to death because your body has an unlimited fuel source it can pull from which is your body fat reserve so i've found that i don't need to run and grab that protein shake that i used to do all the time or, you know, these, these snacks that aren't healthy. And I can easily keep, you know, the pecans, walnuts, macadamia nuts, things like that in my, in my book bag or purse or wherever I'm carrying and completely prevent from going off and getting something that isn't as high nutrient dense. So it, there's, there's little tricks that you can do to prevent you from 
kind of going off the path and be able to continue staying with quality food. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's why I have very little sympathy for people that veer off keto when they're at like a work event or they're traveling or something like that and a readily available keto food is not right in front of them and they opt for whatever is being offered to the general public. I mean, there's always time to wait and, and get something that's more suited towards your goals. I mean, there's no reason you can't add a couple more hours to your fasting time and function probably even better than if you had eaten a meal in between because the longer you're fasting, the the more, at least for me, the more mentally clear I feel anyway. So there's always always reason to make sure you've got the quality foods. And if you don't have them, you can always wait a little bit longer. Even like social events are probably the hardest, especially with having to go out and uh, whether it's like the weddings and birthdays, those things usually get me. And that's kind of where I'm like, okay, it's all about just minimizing the damage, <laughs> minimize the damage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, just get right back to it as soon as you leave that event. But I'm the person that's like picking all the meat off the tacos. <laughs> you know, I don't know what sauce was used and I don't know where the sugars are coming from, but I guarantee like, if you minimize the damage, you can just get right back on the keto train and keep moving forward. And it's a lot better than just tossing it up in the air and throwing it out the window and then having to kind of take yourself out of ketosis and start all over again. So even when it comes to not having much of a choice, you can still make some choices to minimize the damage and prevent yourself being completely Absolutely. So with that said, like when you're, you know, have your own kitchen and you've got access to everything you need. What does a, a optimal day of eating look like for you? Like, How do you structure your nutrition throughout the course of a day? So everything in our home, I do all the shopping. The only thing that's processed, I think, are some marshmallows that I might put on Joey's sweet potatoes every once in a blue moon when I make those. But everything is very, to my diet or to his, I don't allow junk food in the home. Otherwise, I know him and I will eat it. So that's my number one defense, just to not bring it in the home. but. At this mm-hmm. point, I usually eat two meals a day. My first meal is always eggs. I'll do about one to two tablespoons of grass-fed butter with anywhere from four to six eggs. And that meal carries me throughout the throughout the afternoon into the evening where I'll finish off my second meal. Sometimes it'll be steak and eggs. Uh, sometimes it could be like a really big salad. I will listen to kind of what I'm in the mood for. I I don't really plan anything just because I know everything is keto food. So I kind of just pick what I'm in the mood for. And as long as I'm satiated, which I always am, uh, usually it's two meals a day. Sometimes the most difficult part for me is that my partner is not keto. So he eats the four or five, sometimes six meals a day. So watching someone else eat is very difficult for me. So even if I'm not Mm -hmm. hungry, sometimes... If he's going to five guys, I'll be like, you know what? Go ahead and grab me a patty, some cheese, some bacon, lettuce wrap. And then, I mean, it is technically a meal. Yes, I'm eating. But I'd rather have something that's in front of me that's keto-friendly than not. So I usually have two meals. Occasionally, we'll have a third if someone else is eating in front of me and I've got to have something. Yeah, I think two meals a day is pretty much my norm, too. I think when you're keto, having that first meal a little bit later in the day and then, you know, dinner meal, that seems to just work really, really well. Um, as far as the eggs are concerned, why, why why are you so adamant about the eggs? Just from the nutritional profile or you just really like eggs? A couple of reasons. I One, I love eggs. And when I, I want to say about seven months ago or so, I did an egg fast challenge. 
Mm-hmm. Now, to make it more of a challenge, usually, from what I understand, you do an egg bath for like three to five days to really kind of help break through plateaus because there's no carbs, basically. It's just high fat, great, great quality nutrients. I ended up doing it for 14 days just to make it a challenge, which I don't exactly recommend, but I decided to do it. And even as lean as I am, I managed to drop nine pounds. And I felt amazing, which is crazy. I'm like, I'm only eating eggs. We were allowed to have some low-carb condiments and I think some cheese. But the fact that I felt such high energy levels, I was amazed with how my body felt on that level of fat with no vegetables. So that almost turned me on to not just eggs, but like carnivore-style eating. So again, mm-hmm. this is where experimenting, trial and error and seeing how you feel, uh, I think comes into play. But being doing that experiment, I'm like, wow, my body feels so amazing with the protein, the type of food, and... Uh, and I just enjoyed it. Again, I loved eggs. So since then, I've just always incorporated eggs as my first meal because it's just rock bottom carbs, rock bottom insulin levels. And it keeps me so full throughout the day. I've just kind of incorporated that into my routine. That's always my first meal. Yeah, they are really filling. Like whenever I'm doing a, a contest prep, I'll do a bunch of scrambled eggs because you're getting a lot more volume, it seems. And it kind of like psychologically works better with the mind and it makes it easier to go through a prep. Five eggs or so what, is a couple hundred calories. For anyone that wants mm-hmm. to count their calories, it's like you you can only eat so many eggs and you're full. Where I can scarf down a lot of food, <laughs> so so that kind of like gives me the volume and gives me gives me the food that I want, keeps me satiated, and then I'm not really overeating. And there's even times where if I get hungry at night, I'll say, okay, do I want eggs? And if I don't want eggs, then I'm really not that hungry. <laughs> so I kind of use it to balance myself <sighs> out. <laughs> What about uh, what about training? Let's let's dive into training because just in you know looking on your Instagram part of this call, I could tell that you're an advocate for lifting hard and lifting heavy, and I, I'm a huge believer in that as well. You don't see a whole lot of females that take that approach, and I think that is absolutely the direction people ought to look more so than what they do because that's that's where so many of the gains come from, both from a you know compositional standpoint and just from a ability standpoint. Absolutely, uh, I think that women should lift and they can lift heavy. And a lot of people will get worried like, oh, you're going to get bulky. You don't accidentally get bulky. You intentionally have to sit there and lift and lift and know what you're doing to get to the level of these elite athletes. This isn't just something you, you fall into. So I've been lifting for about two years more for weight loss and then the last three years to build. And that's because as a female, you know, we're supposed to have this curvy feminine physique. And as an athlete, I don't have that. I have a very boxy square frame and I was never really confident in how I was built. So with bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I find this beauty in being able to shape myself. So by building out my lats and my shoulders and building out, you know, my quads and my glutes, I was able to kind of give myself a little bit more of an hourglass shape frame. So the fact that I have power over changing my physique, there's certain things I control, I enjoy that. And being able to see a little bit more of those curves, I'm way more confident than when I was just like lean, stick figure tones. So I've been able to lift heavy with proper form and get the changes that I want and that I think are beautiful uh, for my own body. And I think that training the way that I've trained hard and heavy has been able to not only continue to speed my results towards weight loss, but uh, 
physically, I feel better, stronger, healthier than I was when I was in high school competing or, you know, in my early 20s. In the beginning, you mentioned that you were pretty insecure in the gym. That you didn't really know what you were doing from a training standpoint. How did mm-hmm. that transition happen from, from that to feeling confident and, and lifting hard and heavy like you do now? So even as, a, as the coach, I'm always a student. It, you can always learn. So when it came to me in the beginning being very intimidated, it's just that I had no direction. And when you have no direction, you're not going to stick to something. So that's why I started following people like Michelle Lewin, for example. Uh, she started putting out great content of, this is how I train on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. So there are these people that you can follow to get motivation and great insight. So that's where I started was where can I get good information content? So I started following their routines. And one of my big things was having a workout buddy because I sometimes was really terrible at holding myself accountable, but having somebody to come with me and push me and, you know, tell me to stop making excuses on days I didn't want to go, that kept me going in the beginning. Because not every day you're going to be motivated, but you got to keep going anyway. Mm-hmm. So having a workout buddy to kind of go through that reduced some of my fears of walking into the gym and being that person that didn't know what they were doing. I wouldn't even walk to a water fountain if I didn't know where it was. I didn't want to be that person that looked like I was lost. I was so intimidated by everything. So I started developing confidence from watching and learning from other people. I would see them at the gym. That person looks like they know what they're doing. I'm going to watch a little bit. I'm going to look at their form. I'm going to see what exercises they're doing. So I really w- learned from my environment. And the, anything that I didn't know, I would Google it, I would YouTube it, whatever I could to find that information. So as I became more comfortable, uh, my friends that did work out would start asking me to start work out with them. And then I started learning from them. And most of the people that I worked out with were males. Uh, most of my male friends all went to the gym. And that's how I started getting into lifting heavy was because I didn't want to be the girl that was like, no, take the weights off. I want to go lighter. They were like, Crystal, just do it. You can do it. And all of a sudden I'm pushing the same exact weight as they are. And it was a confidence boost. Like, oh my gosh, why am I pushing this much weight? I never would have done that without somebody motivating me and being behind me and telling me just to get it over with and get it done. So that's where I started lifting heavy was because I had people telling me that I could do something. So absolutely having the right people in your environment to motivate and push you, uh, I think is completely crucial to your success and in, in moving forward. And that's for anything. It's not just the gym. That's for everything in life to have the right people around you. Totally agree. A lot of people, I mean, like with anything, like you said, if they don't 100% know the right way to go about it, they just put up a wall almost and look the other way. But if if you want to you know, shape your physique to look a certain way, at some point you're going to have to just bust down that wall and and train and the only way to, to do that correctly is just to, you know, own up on those insecurities and jump into it and learn as you go. I mean, when I first started lifting, I didn't have a clue what I was doing either, but learning that and, and recognizing your faults and, and how to improve upon them, that, that becomes part of the journey that, that makes it fun in the first place. I mean, you can get excited about learning a new exercise or a new technique or adjusting the way you grip the barbell and, and seeing the difference that makes in how your muscles develop. I mean, all that is just as it is with your nutrition, kind of like going through and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. That's what makes this whole process enjoyable and sustainable and educational for for many, many years to come. Absolutely. And as you continue to develop your knowledge and your skills and you continue advancing, it's, it's amazing kind of like the world that does open up and the people that you can collaborate with. And I mean, I'm very, very blessed to have Joey Swole as, well, everyone knows him as Joey Swole as my boyfriend because he's so knowledgeable. I love 
picking his brain. And him and I occasionally do train together on certain days where at least I can kind of hold the similar weights to him. Um, he has a few injuries. That's the only reason why I can push the same weight is because he has to go a little lighter. But being able to learn from him and even some of these other people that are competitors I've been able to train with, uh, one, to learn from them, but also because I'm able to contribute from, from going out and learning on my own. So to continue advancing that knowledge, I no longer look at the gym as intimidating. It's like it's a playground. I can take a single machine and figure out four different exercises to hit different angles and hand grips. And to be able to play around with that, it's exciting because then you start noticing different results. You start noticing feeling sore in different ways because you haven't done something like that. So it's very exciting, one, to see results and then to not be intimidated anymore. That's probably one of the better accomplishments of something where, you know, you walk in and you're confident. That's that's a really positive thing. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. How do you structure your, your split? Are you doing like a like a stereotypical bodybuilding split or do you have it broken up differently? So I don't look at Mondays as this, Tuesdays as that. Um, I absolutely listen to my body, but it's the point now where I feel like I've built my physique and from lifting heavy, I've been able to build the muscle I want. So I'm actually in, in the stage of not just maintenance, but I kind of want to tone it down a little bit and just worry about light weights, slow controlled time under tension, all about the squeeze. I don't need to go as heavy anymore. The only time I go heavy is legs because it's your largest muscle group. I want to I wanna trigger all those fat-burning hormones, and I like a really good sweat. But when it comes to working out, uh, I like to do legs one day. I'm now currently starting to split them up from to quads one day and then hamstrings next. So I usually do like quads, and then I'll do back, and then I'll hit hamstrings. And the next day, I'll probably hit like some shoulders and arms. I rarely work out chest or do ab work. Just abs you're going to do during all your compound movement. You need to have like a good, strong uh, abs to really complete a lot of the movements that I am doing, especially with some of the weights. So I don't really worry about chest and abs, but everything else, I kind of just go back and forth. And with being able to focus on the squeeze and the time under tension, I've noticed like my recovery is definitely a lot better. and. I've noticed that the targeting those muscles in that way, I get a much better workout than trying to throw up a whole bunch of weight and then I start incorporating all the other muscles that I'm not specifically mm-hmm. trying to target. So I've really gone from in the beginning overtraining, pushing heavy weights to really slow, controlled, lighter weight movements to just focus on the muscle groups that I'm working on. Totally agree. You know, like somebody could look at nutrition. And if you take keto, for instance, to the, the nth degree and you're looking at the, you know, EPAs and DHAs and all the different, you know, integrate, like detail orientations of where your food's coming from, that's kind of like the equivalent to from a training perspective, really getting into with the muscle, mind-muscle connection and how all that ties in. That's like the next level. And that is when it gets really interesting because you can truly see how each little variation of a, a movement really taps into it, you know, triggering a certain muscle fiber differently than before. And that, that's, that's cool. I mean, when you're, when you're that in tune with your body, just as you are, when you're that in tune with your nutrition, I mean, that's just power at your fingertips and you can truly change how you look, feel and perform. And that's just, that's, that's the pinnacle. Absolutely. I, there's, for example, something simple like the bicep curl. I used to, I used to be using the twenties thinking I was all cool, lifting all heavy next to people. <laughs> And now I'm using fives, maybe eights or tens, 
And it's all about the squeeze and I'm getting just as good of a workout. If not, I feel better than when I was you know, recruiting all these other muscles that didn't need to be recruited during a bicep exercise. So it's really changed my perspective and just, you know, critiquing things to do it better. It's, Joey has this saying, and I love it. It's not how much you lift, but how well you lift. And that's really changed my perspective on my training in the gym is to make sure that I'm lifting properly and lifting a weight that I'm able to control. That has made a complete difference in how I lift. Absolutely. What uh, What's on the horizon as far as like, a, are you doing any competitions or any kind of events or anything that you're training for specifically or just life in general? So when I first started into keto, into keto I wanted to do my first prep show. And I was traveling back and forth. This is when Joey and I just started talking was, I think, four months before my show. But I was flying back and forth and I ended up moving out to California when the show was originally going to be in Chicago. So it just, it didn't plan out the way that I originally thought it was going to be in my head. Just things happened. But it was a discussion that I had with Joey that I was fixing my hormones through diet. And him and I had the discussion that if you or if I wanted to really just go into a deficit and put my body into that position, it's very difficult for female hormones. And if I'm trying to fix that, I'd be working against myself. And the fact that my body was already making all of the changes that I wanted to see and then move into that direction, I decided not to compete. And I've never competed. And people ask me that all the time because I do have striations. You can see definition. I don't carry a lot of body fat. So a lot of people think I do compete. But again, I just I try to just set an example of this is what you can look like if you get your diet down, you do exercise that works for you and, and reduce stress, get good sleep, have a lot of healthy habits, and your body will respond in a very positive way. But when it comes to all the training and eating now, it's really, I'm at a maintenance point. I don't feel the need to build. I've actually reduced almost my training and some of my cardio because my body is just so in tune with itself right now. I'm, I mean, I'm 30 years old. I'm, I'm turning 31. I never would imagine that I could feel this good, this healthy, this strong, but it's just because of diet and training. And, and like I said, the sleep and other habits that have allowed me to be in this position. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's a good healthy relationship right there. Like when you, when you look good, feel good, perform good and your, your training and your nutrition are dialed in. I mean, life is better that should always be viewed as like the the apex like the pinnacle that's what you're training for and living for the the competitions the events all that i mean that's, that's great i love it it gives you kind of a short-term goal to strive for and, and work at but i think as long as you're living life and making that the the priority then then you're rock solid there absolutely and i think that's where some people make the sacrifice is because uh now now my career is Keto. It is my passion. It's my coaching. It's working with people. The gym is my job. So I do get to put a little more time and effort because it is my priority. Where there's people, where if you have families, you have kids, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, it, whatever you are, you have all these other priorities. And I get that. Um, and th those are important. Those are jobs that you absolutely have to put effort to. But don't forget to take care of yourself because if you're eating the right nutrients, and getting some exercise in and the right sleep, you're going to be able to put way more energy and effort with less stress into all those priorities without taking your body down in the long run. Completely agree. So with you kind of focusing more on maintaining right now, what what are what are you excited about in the future? Like what what are you getting it for? Are you going to any of these ketogenic conferences? I know your keto career, so to speak, is really kind of gaining traction right now. What's what's on the horizon for you? 
So I know that my presence on social media has grown uh, largely because of who I who, who I'm in a relationship with. He is a really big influence, and I love that I get to kind of kind of go with him to these places and meet all these amazing people and be in the environments that he gets to be in. It's very motivating to go to these events. And I've got to say, as much as social media is integrated into his life, it's not so much mine. My job, my goal is to one, focus on my clients, but I try to remove social media as much as I can because I really like being present. I like doing what I can in real time instead of recording it through a phone and thinking that's what my memory is going to be. So when it comes to like the conferences and things like that, I haven't played around with them yet, but with everything that I'm doing, that's kind of the direction that we're going in because as everything continues to grow and move in that direction, I, I'm kind of getting inspired and my passion's continuing to grow where it's like, okay, I do want to start reaching out. I do want to start expanding. But my number one goal is always going to be my family life to take care of myself, my family, Joey, my dogs, um, and just always work on being a really good person. And uh, as things are growing and continuing to change, I'm, I'm changing in those directions and kind of figuring it out every day. It's, it's so weird how social media has grown to be so powerful. I'm learning to kind of manage my life and what I thought my life should be to switching over to what the possibilities. I really, really respect that. I feel like social media is a great tool. It's a great resource that you could leverage to, you know, send a positive message to more people and have a, a broader scope and, and positively influence more people. But it, not at the expense of being present and living your own life to the fullest and those around you in your inner circle. I think if it ever comes to the expense of that, some things need to change. So I completely agree and respect that for sure, because I think if more people viewed social media through that lens, like you just described, the, the world would be a better place. Absolutely. I think social media is a, a tool. It's a resource. But we've allowed some people, a lot of people have allowed their phone to be their life. And I know that social media is meant to keep us connected, but I think it's really disconnected us from having real relationships. And I want to make sure that my home life, my family life, my friendships, those are more important. And being able to use social media to connect with people such as you, that's how I connected with Jason Whitrock and starting to expand that network. That's what I want to use it for. And then obviously to be a positive influence for anyone that might be looking for motivation or questions, I want to be a resource for them where they can learn something or if they need to reach out, ask. That's what I want to be. I don't want to be someone that you just look at and put on a pedestal. That's not me. I don't want to be that. I want to be someone that you can reach out to, you can talk to. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find it for you or point you in the direction of where you can. I love it. I love it. That's that's 100% the right outlook in my opinion, without a doubt. Um, well, Crystal, where, where can people, speaking of social media, where can people go to find you on social? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Keto with Crystal. And I just started a YouTube channel. Uh, I actually started about a year ago, but I was never, I've never been comfortable in front of a camera. So after the last year of kind of putting myself out there and trying to get over my own fears and wanting to be more personable, I just started relaunching and I'm starting new videos for, for YouTube, Crystal Renault. Um, my last name is R-E-N-E-A-U. So I want to do a little bit more behind the scenes of not so filtered. Instagram is very filtered. We kind of put like our best life out there and that's not always the case. So with YouTube, I really want to start doing more behind the scenes of 
into my relationships, my daily life, what I do with training. So this is going to be a whole new platform that I'm going to start taking off into a way more personal and organic feedback. Very cool. Yeah, YouTube is YouTube is tough. I mean, it, it's not easy to put yourself on camera and just be honest and genuine and sincere in front of a camera and put that on social media and YouTube. I mean, that's that's not easy. But the but once you kind of bust through that plateau, just like anything, like we were talking about before, with you know feeling confident in the gym before you know everything. I mean, you put yourself out there on YouTube. I mean the the positive feedback you get it, it it's motivating in itself and it keep you it keeps you wanting to just put out another video so definitely uh tip my hat to you on there for for striving to go that direction that's it's a very worthwhile direction to take things yeah well it's it's also very difficult because the other person in this household has very big successful shoes to fill <laughs> so you know him on <sighs> camera he's on it and like I said he's very intelligent so well and I love listening so when I'm doing something I'm like off in the closet hiding so he can't hear me so I can do my <laughs> own things and then I don't feel judged by him <laughs> so it's great to learn from one of the best in the business he's definitely very inspiring and so encouraging and it's something that I really appreciate is having a partner that wants me to be successful with things that I'm passionate about um, so we've really become a really good team and I appreciate someone that's motivating me and pushing me to do what I love. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, you got to have that in order for relationship to work. Moments. I feel very fortunate to have, uh, you know, my wife, Chris, her name's Crystal as well, um, mm -hmm. by my side because we've just been there to support each other. And I think when you find that, especially if you're in a similar industry, I mean, it just, the, the sky's the limit. You, you can just, <laughs> you can do anything. Absolutely. And again, that's where social media should be used is being able to reach out to those people and show them possibilities and educate and have great content. And to have a partner that is doing that with you, it makes life so much smoother because uh, it's a whole different ball game when you start putting things out there in public, you're in the public eye. So it, it, it really changes the game to have that person. Definitely, definitely. Well, keep doing what you're doing, Crystal. I mean, you, you get the right outlook. You get the right support system. So anything that I could do to help within the keto space, by all means, let me know. And uh, best of luck going forward. I'll I'll link out to your, your social platforms there so people can find you easy. But um, like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I really, I mean, this was the first time that we've spoken. So I've really, I've appreciated being on, on your podcast and getting to talk to you. And I hope to get to know you more in the future as well. Absolutely. You're in, are you in Texas as well? No, currently in, we just moved into LA, Chicago, right outside of Hollywood. LA. So I was, yeah, so I lived in Chicago from for Chicago. two years, originally from Cleveland. I'm, a, I'm an Ohio girl. Moved to Chicago for two years, and then I moved out here to California to be with my guy. So we're currently out in LA. Very cool. Very cool. Well, the keto space is definitely growing out in LA, so that should be a pretty good home base for you, for sure. Absolutely. We and we get to travel around to different gyms. We never go to the same gym two days in a row. We just it depends on the equipment, things like that. But I love being able to get to meet people. And some people do come up and ask me keto questions. And I do notice that the the interest, people wanting to know more is out there. So hopefully, being out there and being able to answer their questions again just inspires people and gives them more confidence to at least try something. If something's not working, be willing to try something new. 100%. And you'll, you'll be finding that out with the YouTube for sure. You're going to be doing all kinds of new things. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Crystal, it's been a pleasure. Look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Like I say, anything I could do, just let me know. Good talking to you. Having a good day. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Take care.